welcome to the fifth episode. Is that right, Steven? I have no idea. I haven't kept count. Yeah, I, I think it's the fifth episode of the ELMC uh, Portrait of Grace podcast. We have another wonderful, special guest here with us today, Andy Phillips. Um, Andy, you want to say hi real quick? Hello, everybody. Yeah, all right. Digging, digging the energy level here. Um, Andy, for people that have, may have, you know, never met you and talked to you in person, how would you describe yourself? Well, uh, I usually like other people to do the description, uh, especially when it comes to the good qualities, to <laughs> sound conceited. But uh, but if to be honest, to have good and bad, of course, all of us do have the good and bad qualities. Some of the good qualities I have, I guess I'm caring. Uh, I think I'm very sensitive, uh, very sacrificial and very committed in my friendships and relationships. Some of my bad things that show up on the golf course, especially are my uh, short temper, <laughs> my ability to get mad at myself. And it also shows up in the car uh, in road rage from, from time to time. And uh, sometimes impatient and sometimes I procrastinate. So that's a fair shake on describing myself, I think. Yeah, nice. road I, rage will test you to your limits. Yeah. <laughs> I just call that a Monday morning, you know, every Monday morning. Um, well, I, right now I'm fully remote for my work, so I'm pretty happy about that but uh people that are going back to you know the office i i feel for you i feel for you um andy so for the first I, or i guess the second question um i've had a chance to look at the questionnaire answers that you've sent back to us and it just seems like you've had uh, you've led such an interesting life so far um, what I want to ask you is, have you traveled a lot? And if so, can you tell us about the best place you've been to? And then secondly, the most scary place you've been to? Okay. I've traveled not extensively. I've only been out of the country on two separate occasions, once to Italy and uh, another time to Hong Kong and uh, the Philippines. My favorite trip was to Italy. I went with a friend to, we did a bike tour. It was only about a four day bike tour, but uh, I, we, I enjoyed the scenery. We were in the Tuscany region in wine country. Uh, it's just beautiful, it was away from any metropolis. And we enjoyed just the, uh, the climate, the opportunity to ride and driving a car out there is awesome because the roads are incredibly winding and fun to drive on. And I enjoyed Italy the most. Uh, Rome had the best cappuccino I've ever had. It was coffee. If you need a good cappuccino, you can always go to Rome or you can go to Backyard uh, Beans. In Ooh, I love that place. Yes, one or the other. But uh, Although, uh, our, I don't know if you can use other people's names, but our brother, Tom Lee, he makes a fabulous cappuccino. That might be a good plug for uh, his cappuccino. But Italy was fun. Uh, the scariest place I've been, it wasn't really on a travel. 
when I was about 10, I went to Palisades Amusement Park in New Jersey, and I was stuck in a house of mirrors, and I couldn't get out. <laughs> and I remember to this day, crying and crying, because everywhere I looked, there I was. And I, I just was too uh, young to imagine how I could get out of that mess. I don't know if that qualifies for a scary trip or not. That's pretty scary. Every morning I look in, you know, just one mirror and it's a pretty frightening, <laughs> frightening experience. <laughs> Andy, speaking of Palisades, are, are you from that area? I'm actually from central New Jersey, uh, a county called Somerset, New Jersey, and the town is in is Manville. Uh, it's actually the headquarters of the uh, famous Johns Manville. They were they're an insulation company. Uh, and you can still see it today on some uh, products that they make. Uh, there were the big uh, controversy of asbestosis. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's those guys. <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Wow. They're still in business after, after asbestos? Yeah, they're in business. They moved their headquarters out to Denver, but I think they've diversified. Okay. And for sure, they might have been... Uh, scarfed up by now by another company um, the reason why i was asking you about palisades is um have you been back there like <laughs> since you're since when you were 10 years old no not uh the palisades amusement park is no more right yeah. but like that area like palisades in new jersey that place is like a hot spot for like korean americans did you know that andy oh that's just interesting to know yeah, no. there's so many Korean Americans there that um, they're like parking meters and like uh, their parking meters and like some like road signs are are in Korean there actually. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, you know, if you grew up there and then you know you ended up at a Korean American church, then you know it was just meant to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my flat tire was meant to be. Oh yeah, the flat tire. Yeah, can we can we go into that a little bit? Um, right. how, how you ended up uh, being plugged into ELMC? Uh, for uh, for many years uh, in Horsham Township, uh, my wife and I would uh, frequently pass that because we used to go for a lot of rides. We always noticed how it was full. We had gone to Covenant though uh, instead of. Uh, ELM. And uh, so I moved and I was biking one day and I had a flat tire in front of the church. And uh, it reminded me of always seeing the parking lot full and it looked like a very uh, vibrant place all the time. Pastor Walton came by, as a matter of fact, uh, he was coming home from a retreat and he saw me uh, that I had already fixed my flat and I didn't seem to have any problems. So he only waved and I, we, I teased him about that. He only <laughs> waved and he didn't offer any help. That's just a, <laughs> a side joke. And then the, I said to myself, I'm going to try that church out tomorrow. It was a Saturday. So the next day I went and it's history. Wow. Wait, so Pastor Walton didn't like talk to you or anything. He just, you guys just said hi to each other, acknowledged each other and then you just tried it out. No, it wasn't even that. He just drove right by me. <laughs> yeah, he just waved. He was pulling. I would, you know, with the uh, telephone pole was right at the exit. I was right there uh, under a tree, keeping uh, cool 
while I was uh, finishing up fixing my flat. So I wasn't really on the grounds. I was just in front of the church. Okay. Well, I'm glad Pastor Walton just, you know, drove right by you. <laughs> um, what are some of your other hobbies uh, other than uh, biking? Uh, I play golf or I try to play golf. Uh, I enjoy playing guitar. I enjoy listening to good music. I enjoy uh, going to concerts, of course. Ooh, what kind uh, of concerts? Uh, anything from old uh, Three Dog Night to uh, I've recent some recent concerts were uh, uh, John Bonham and the Led Zeppelin Experience, uh, Three Dog Night, uh, Martina McBride. Uh, usually pretty uh, diversified. It's usually up at the Bethlehem, the center up there where they have concerts. Uh, since the last year, though, it's, uh, of course, with COVID, there hasn't been too many concerts. Uh, man, uh, the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra was one of my uh, favorite concerts. Uh, that was a Christmas show. They play pretty intense uh, Christmas show. And uh, the Alan Parsons Project was probably my favorite concert uh, of a recent concert. They played for like almost about two and a half hours, wow. which is which is kind of unheard of anymore, especially with the old timers, the concerts that I go to see. Wait, Alan Parsons sounds really familiar to me. Was he in other projects? Yeah, he was uh, one of the producers of... Uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. That's right. And, that's right. And some of the road. And then he went on his own. And his most famous album is I, Robot. Okay. I'd recommend it to anyone. It's timeless. Okay. Um, for, for the um, young people over here, what are, what are some uh, albums that you recommend? Albums? Well, I like uh, Steely Dan. Okay. Guys, right? Yeah, of course. I yes. don't know if Steven has, but nope. You know, <laughs> I'm not into music like that. So honestly, I don't even know. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of the people you just mentioned. I like uh, Christian rock as well, like Petra. Have you ever heard of Petra or the Newsboys? Uh, the The Imperials. They're all uh, real good uh, uh, Christian based. Uh, rock or not even rock pop type uh, sound okay um I, I can't say i'm familiar with those guys petra, I, petra is like journey or foreigner okay there was a christian magazine called contemporary christian magazine and they would uh, uh compare uh, the artists with secular artists just to give people an idea of what they're listening to there's a guy mm-hmm. named Keith Green that's a lot like Elton John in a lot of respects. Okay. The T. You know, you've probably heard of Elton John, right? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> so similar to Elton John and how he dresses or like how the music oh, no. sounds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's piano oriented and he has a lot of the same uh, style. Same. Yeah. A lot of melody. Gotcha. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so is that is that um, how you're rooted into uh, 
guitar music uh how you're interested in music is that why you play the instrument yeah i, I just when i was uh, like around 17 18 i just had an interest in uh playing it uh i was in a little backstreet band as a singer when i was in high school and i didn't play really an instrument and then some of the guys did and it kind of inspired me a little bit to play but i met, must make it clear i am not a very very accomplished guitar player uh, I do it for fun. I've had some classical lessons. The amount of guitars I have, that could be a, a secret that nobody knows. The amount of guitars I have far exceed my skill. <laughs> By the guitars I had, you would think he must be good. <laughs> but that's far from the truth. <laughs> Um, going off of that, can you um, share about how you recorded music down in Nashville? Yes, uh, I was in. I went to a place called Zion Bible Institute after I graduated high school. It was a three-year intensive uh, Bible school. It wasn't of Reformed theology, but in my senior year, a, uh, a, a traveling family gospel group came and was recruiting uh, a replacement for one of their sons who was no longer going to travel with them. So it was a father, a son, and a mother, of course. And they, I auditioned with them, and uh, they liked the way my deeper voice, I guess, blended in with their singing. So they asked me to join them for six and months. Yet to sign adoption papers <laughs> to join the family. <laughs> I had to spend a lot of nights playing Scrabble in our travel motorhome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was enough fun. <laughs> and so we did that. And uh, halfway through, it, it was just so they were scheduled to uh, go down to Nashville. And we uh, cut an album. I actually had, I was able to find the LP on eBay. Really? Can you tell it. us what, what it, can you tell us what it is? Yeah, the, it's called the album cover is the al album is Lord Restore Your Joy, which was a song that was written by the Sun. And uh, there's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice album. I, ha I have a there's a picture of me on the back, and I was so young and skinny that it really doesn't even look like me too much. So I was really skinny at one time. <laughs> I can see uh, Steven's looking it up right now. <laughs> Is it still on eBay, Steven? I don't know. I, I got to find um, young Andy and his beautiful voice. You want me to the album and show it to you or not? Yes. Do you have yeah, it? Show it to you. Hang on. Here it is. <laughs> Here's the album cover. I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah, there we go. Having a background makes it hard. To yeah. <laughs> oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the album. And then there's a uh, skinny Andy right there on the bottom. Oh, <laughs> my God. Right there. That's wow. me. That's yeah. nuts. So it has a A side and a B side. Yeah, A side and B side. And there was about maybe 100 sold, not a million. <laughs> wow. Hey. That's still a hundred more than me. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a good experience because it, Nashville was a nice place, and the uh, the guy who uh, cut the album for us is a guy named Henry Slaughter, who was well known for his gospel piano playing. He won many Dove Awards. 
for his playing. So, as a matter of fact, he just recently passed away only less than a year ago. He seemed old then. Wow. This was back in 1981. 1981. Yeah. Traveling family gospel bands were still around in 81? I thought that was more of like a 60s type of deal. No, they were around. Uh, uh, they're still around today to some extent. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If you look real hard, <laughs> you'll, you'll find um, Stephen and the Ha family gospel band, yep. gospel yep. rap band. Um, yep. Yeah. We're touring ne- next month, so anyone interested, let me know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and um, let me see. Well, we're kind of going like all over the place. Um, oh, let's let's try this one. Um, Andy, what was your childhood like? We, we were involved in a lot of sports and a lot of activities, my brothers and I. Uh, and we, we kept ourselves busy running, running around the neighborhood. Uh, how many brothers and uh, how many sisters? Four brothers and three sisters. Wow. And where are you in the, uh, I guess, the pecking order? Yeah, I'm fifth. Uh, I'm the fifth one. I'm the second son. And for some reason, the uh, they did not name the firstborn son at, after my father, which I think uh, you, you show that uh, weird name that I was given at birth. Yeah, um, Adolf. Adolf. Yeah. Uh, my... My father was the second-born son, and I was the second-born son. I was the third. So it was my grandfather, my father, then me. And I, I knew very early in life there would not be a fourth if I was to have a boy. Mm. Okay. Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, I think Adolf is a great name. I'm just, it's just a shame that somebody came along and ruined it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, even though they spell it differently, Adolf, and say it differently, Adolf. Right. So that's one of my pet peeves when someone spells my name incorrectly with an F at the end instead of a PH. <laughs> kind of gets me a bit annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I feel, yeah. Yeah, so Andy, I guess just go in, continue on your hobbies and passions. Can you tell us about any other passions, passions that you might have? Yeah, I like to volunteer. Uh, especially since I've retired, I have more free time to do that and give back. So uh, I, my uh, first volunteering was uh, with uh, the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, a weekly, uh, every Monday, I would go down and help with the uh, transporting the families to and from the hospital to see the children or to keep appointments. And I got a lot of satisfaction from that. And then I haven't done it since around April, and we're going to resume again in June. So I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, volunteering my Monday mornings uh, to helping out at the Ronald McDonald House uh, on Chestnut Street. So it's a little bit of culture. It's kind of nice to be down there. You hear some crazy stories, you know, from some of the some of the passengers. Uh, in the van as we ride. Stories like uh, a five-month-old kid having already 10 or 15 surgeries. Wow. Yeah, yeah people being uh, miles and miles 
away from their homes, having to give up their jobs just so that they can uh, stay close to where their child uh, needs treatment. So mm-hmm. there's some pretty touching stories. Uh, and there's some happy stories, too, because there's a lot of successes happening at uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. But you form bonds with them. I was also a, 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 a mascot. There was a guy who wrote a, a book called Kazumi, the Race Car Pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he wanted to, for the premiere of his book, he wanted to give all proceeds to the Ronald McDonald House. So they wanted a volunteer that would dress up in a pig costume at the Kimmel Center. And it was probably one of the hottest days in July or August. I can't remember what. I was roasting and uh, had some fun pictures of that, you know, touching the kids and shaking hands with the kids and uh, making the making the children happy uh, in my race car pig outfit. Did you volunteer for that, or did they uh, make you do it? No, they didn't make me. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but they were looking for someone who was around six feet. And the the the, the uh, pig in the in the movie animation is so small. Uh, when one of the kids saw me, said, "Boy, that must be the grown up Kazumi." Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it you know, and, and it was a race car pig. So I was in a race car suit that the. Uh, nascar drivers would wear so it was hot yeah and then later that night you weighed yourself and found out that you lost 10 pounds from sweating yes (laughs) (laughs) private dressing room in the kimmel center (laughs) that's awesome i I felt Um, like a star (laughs) (laughs) that's great um oh i do want to say something real quick um I think every June, uh, there's a National Organ Day celebration at the Kimmel Center, and it's free to everyone. I don't know if they're, what's going on with COVID, but um, it's, it's something that I go to with my mom oh. every year. And uh, because she's an or, uh, organist, and, um, you know, it's a, they, they, the Kimmel Center has one of, like, the most beautiful, like, uh, majestic organs that have ever been created by like mankind and it's all free. They bring in like the best organists to play them, play it. And um, you actually get to um, go up on stage and lie down on the stage while they like press down on the bass notes of the, yeah. And you feel the vibration. It's it's a crazy experience. And um, just because you mentioned it, Andy, uh, I I just, you know, thought I'd plug in uh, the Kimmel center here and uh, they'll give us some, Ad revenue for that, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, and then Andy, can you also, um, while we're at it, can you uh, share with us um, how you are how you are affiliated with the Prison Fellowship Ministry? Uh, yes, uh, I had mentioned earlier about being in Bible school uh, in the eighties, early eighties, late seventies, many years ago, and our we had an outreach team that went into the prisons in Massachusetts. We would go every other week on Fridays. So I would, I was doing that and enjoying that. And, uh, but after I graduated uh, school, I got into youth, youth work for a while for about six years. And then after resigning from that, I didn't really give much thought to uh, prison work. 
And then when they had Angel Tree, uh, Cindy Kwan was uh, organizing it. It kind of uh, re-energized me and, and made me to really rethink about prison ministry again. So after the Angel Tree, I got in touch with uh, the uh, prison fellowship ministry and uh, filled out the application and had uh, references sent and so forth. I had to pay people to send the reference so that I would get through. <laughs> and uh, I went through the training and then uh, we opened up the academy uh, two months ago. Uh, the intent is really to go in, into the prison and have the academies, but until then, we are doing the Zoom meetings. So uh, every Monday and Wednesday, uh, we have two-hour Zoom meetings, uh, and our group has nine inmates that we're working with. There's about four or five volunteers uh, that are helping with that. So are uh, you on, like a volunteer at Angel Tree doing this, or is it something that we do through our church? Like the academy, yeah. The academy is is directly for the inmates. Where Angel Trees for the families of the inmates. Okay. Yeah, and and the uh, intent of the academy, it's a, a twelve to sixteen month program, which is designed to uh, prepare them and equip them for eventual release, as well as you know give them life skills for the present. And it is Bible based. It's not. The candy coated. Uh, it's clearly they know going in that it's a Bible based program. And we do have uh, three Muslims in our group, but they're aware that, you know, it is Bible based. And we allow them to share and uh, we're able to share the gospel, you know, and share biblical uh, principles with them. But uh, it, it's amazing. The It's discussion based. So we're not uh, asked to preach at them. Or, or teach them intensely. Uh, the videos do that, and then we just facilitate a lot of discussion. And it's amazing what comes out from the from the guys. I mean, is there any kind of like, I don't know if you're allowed to share or anything, but is there any kind of like experiences that you face during the academy and building relationship with the inmates that you're like, whoa, this is like really meaningful or like you just found it very touching oh, oh yeah there was one guy who read two of the guys are are really good writers and when they read uh there's been a few times when we as volunteers you could tell we're all getting a bit teary-eyed one case in particular was one of the men who uh, is in there for life with with a, a slight chance of uh, being paroled uh, his son was murdered uh, in june and he wrote a very touching uh, piece on that. And it was so eloquent and, and so powerful uh, that it's just, and then one man just uh, last week uh, wrote about uh, when he was a kid, how a girl came uh, as a uh, sunshine kid to his parents' home. There was this program called the Sunshine Kids. It would take kids out of the city. They'd come and experience the country and he lived on a farm growing up. And he was telling about all the stories about this girl and him, how they had a whole bunch of fun. And then uh, he ended it by indicating that he just found out that she had died about a month ago. And it was just so, just so, so touching. 
Uh, so these guys really feel a lot. As a matter of fact, if you don't mind me reading, I read this scripture for the first time this morning. I didn't even know it was in there because you hear about all those scriptures about uh, prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 79, 11 says, uh, may the groans of prisoners come before you. By the strength of your arm, preserve those condemned to die. And that's just, you know, that's pretty, pretty serious, pretty heavy stuff. That, and for some reason, as even Pastor Stephen was sharing a couple of weeks ago, that uh, when Jesus uh, told the people the few things that they didn't do, they didn't visit him when he was in prison. You know, that for some reason, a prison is really at the heart of God. Uh, and society would like to cast them off and say, yeah, they deserve what they have, or, you know, it's their problem. They made their own bad choices and they hurt people. But despite that, that truth, uh, and, you know, because part of the program, it's called resolving conflict. And uh, a lot of the things that are talking, that we talk about is how men like that can, receive forgiveness and forgive themselves knowing that they've uh, they've hurt people because you know we're dealing with you know talking with people who have committed murder or have uh, been a part of a murder scheme mm-hmm. and so i could kind of go on for hours about prison ministry <laughs> yeah andy thank you so much for sharing that um if if one of the listeners wants to um become involved in those ministries how, how would they go about doing that andy okay yeah there's uh the first way would be to uh hook up with a prison ministry such such as prison fellowship they have a lot of uh, a good online presence where a person could inquire and fill out an application as to what their specific interest is in helping, whether it be Angel Tree, going into the prisons, volunt- uh, uh, donating, helping with the Bible, donations. And the other thing that's happening is we're, we're beginning and trying to establish a rapport with the uh, Montgomery County prison system, which is why we're doing the book drive. The book drive is really meant for uh, the library of the chaplain that he has set up for male and female uh, inmates. So the uh, hope is that once the book drive is over, we can pre-sort the books that have been donated and then in turn give them to the chaplain. And of course they have a, a, a sorting system that they'll have to approve of the books. So that's a, a way that uh, helping with the book drive is a, a tangible way a person could be involved in prison. And then also we, uh, the other hope with the, the chaplain Degler is that we'll be able to go in and conduct a uh, a Christian service uh, in the prison. And that's one thing that he also uh, organizes. So that's our ultimate hope that we'll have a core of uh, men and women that want to go in and uh, help with the service uh, to uh, minister, you know, and bring life to the prisoners. Yeah, Andy, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Um, uh, again, I want to encourage the listeners to, you know, follow those uh, steps and also like feel free to, you know, reach out to Andy, um, you know, after service or before service as well. 
Andy, can you share your testimony with us? Yes. Uh, like I said, I grew up in a family of eight children in a, a predominantly blue collar town. Uh, I was, uh, we practiced uh, Roman Catholic faith. Uh, but of course, uh, I, it didn't really take root in me. And around the age of 18, 17, 18, I found myself very lonely and very unsure as to the meaning of life and what life was all about. And I was invited to a youth meeting and I went to the uh, youth group and uh, I heard the gospel for the first time after going to church for 17, 18 years. I, I, I finally heard the gospel and uh, I, I listened to it. And then uh, <clears throat> a couple weeks after going to that initial meeting, uh, my father, who was going to that church, indicated that one of the guys in the youth group was asking about me, wanted to know how I was doing. And that, that, that something that small, someone thinking of me struck me, uh, uh, had an impact on me. So I uh, went back and, and met and uh, learned more about the gospel and then accepted Christ uh, as my savior back in 1976. And uh, it didn't take full hold right away. I kind of knew that there was something different. And uh, then one particular evening, I was coming home from a party. And uh, it, I was really impressed in my heart that uh, I needed to make a decision to either the world or it's him. And uh, so I went and called that guy and said, I really need to make a, a firm you know, I feel like there's, I need to make a firm commitment to Jesus. And uh, so I did that. And uh, I had grown through there. I had gone, gone through some bumps and bruises in my life. Uh, ministry was hard. Six years of youth work, working with young people was a big challenge. We asked if you have one uh, life verse, can you share that with us? Yeah, it would have to be Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And it seems uh, one reason that's my favorite verse, that was even in my youth, uh, no matter what you're waiting for, whether it be for a girlfriend or spouse, a job, it always seems there's a lot of waiting in life. And, uh, one of my quotes that uh, they asked us to give a quote at the end of our Bible school days, uh, and they put it next to our, our name. Uh, and my quote was, uh, it's easiest to wait on the Lord when one realizes his timing is always exact. And uh, so it just kind of points to the need to understand that sometimes waiting on the Lord is for a reason. And the mounting up with wings is eagles. But to me, that's awesome because... I don't know if you've ever seen some YouTube uh, videos of golden eagles that are strong enough to carry little lambs or little mountain goats off the cliffs. It's incredible, the strength of an eagle. And that's the strength that we have, you know, when we wait on the Lord, that those things that seem almost impossible are actually uh, very possible. And... 
and running and not grow weary, the endurance that a person can have from waiting on the Lord and walking and not fainting, you know, just speaks of continual strength and endurance, you know, to run the race, which couples with uh, Hebrews 12, 1, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, which happens to probably be my second uh, favorite uh, verse. So they kind of tie together. Yeah, it was re- actually, it was really nice that you described the wings like Eagles Park because like these kind of verses, you kind of read it and then glaze by it. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of really think about it and like, how strong is a Eagles wing? It's like, I don't know. It just creates a little bit of more meaning and depth to the verses. <laughs> yeah, if you have a chance to watch that on YouTube. there. Yeah, I might check it out. Oh, yeah. You, you... Just do uh, eagles uh, chasing uh, mountain goats. That's how they eat. They knock them off the cliffs, and then they – well, it's, 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 it's amazing. <laughs> the strength <laughs> of the eagle. <laughs> and then um, uh, I think this will have to be the final question. Um, Andy, any prayer requests that you want to share with us? Yeah, as far as uh, from, uh, uh, yeah, the prison ministry is always a prayer request for the gentleman that we're, we're specifically ministering to and to the whole prison population, I guess, in the world. You know, it's a, and during COVID, it's even a more lonely, uh, difficult time for them that God would be able to reach to them uh, despite all the difficulties. Uh Yeah, for me personally, I I would uh, like prayer for uh, the strength that I would need to continue in in my daily walk with the Lord, uh, despite the the difficulties that I personally face. I I face a lot of gloominess in my own personal life sometimes, and I find that it's easy for me to uh, feel despair and uh, to be downcast so that God would uh, keep lifting my spirits you know. Amen. I, I want to encourage um, our congregation, the listeners to, you know, take a moment after the podcast to pray for Andy and also for the prison ministry as well. Um, and then uh, uh, let's do one more question. One final question, Andy. Um, we've had, or I just found out very recently, as in today, that we have a lot of younger college students that are becoming very interested in our podcast. Um, Do you have any um, advice for them um, in terms of, you know, just living life or also, you know, walking uh, spiritually? Yeah, I I would say from... uh... My perspective when I when I refer when you, you refer to a college student is to realize that you will not always be on the front nine of your life. And that's a uh, the joke I have with Pastor Stephen. The first time we prayed, he prayed for me being on the back nine of my life because of my age. And we I always tease him about that. And I would say that to the college students to make the most of your time now in in seeking God and becoming the person he wants you to be and and having uh, 
uh, an impact on your generation and to use the podcast to learn not only from those who have uh, experienced a little bit more of life than you, but to even uh, do the I, I, the uh, podcast as a way for you to maybe even grow if you partake in volunteer uh, hat being a guest on one of the podcasts. Uh, that would be my <laughs> encouragement. Get on. I definitely, I definitely agree with that last encouragement. <laughs> I would say, I would sum it to say, get all you can and can all you get. Wow, I never heard that before. That's great. <laughs> hey, Andy, um, we do have to um, end this, um, but seriously, that was such an absolute, you know, pleasure, you know, speaking to you. Um, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you so much for sharing so much. Okay, thanks so much for having me. I I, I enjoy your company, gentlemen. You you guys are a class act, and uh, you're <laughs> thank you. Here.